Hello and welcome to episode 1222 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, no, September 29th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. I don't know why I almost said November. What's going on, Justin? It's the end of the season, baby. Like, I mean, or is it? Or is it? Is this season just going to continue to drag on? Just in, to in your my case, blood pressure. Like, unreal. Because yes. you're, having, you're, you're having an insane sweat right now. So, yes, you are. Uh, it, it feels interminable to you right now. I'm playing out the string, right? Like it, it, it's a different vibe for me right now. I'm sweating you and Greg, um, as I've mentioned, and I'm even getting a little sweat from it and it has no effect on me. It's just two of my friends really living and dying with everything. And you know, it's been a big problem. And you know, by the way, I, you put the H in, but you still misspelled it. Did I? Um, take, take out that A at the end. But oh, anyway. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Uh, your sign today says fucked by casual weather, which, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's been a nightmare. That's one thing to have to deal with the players and, yeah. and the performances. It's quite another when mother nature puts her dumb little face into the mix. And I know that that's affected both you and Greg right now. Um, he lost, and I'm sure many other people lost a Tariq Skubal win. Mm -hmm. Almost certainly he was absolutely dealing um, and then yesterday there was rain in the Marlins Mets. Now that one might actually be fine because it's been suspended and it's going to be set to resume on 10 2 on Monday. What? Yeah, that's what I mean. This is like the season is extended. If, if the Marlins need that, if they game, need it, if they need it. So it comes down to the last few games of the year where oh, if the Mar and I don't know who has a tiebreaker between the Marlins. Yeah. Yeah. The tiebreakers are impossible to figure. So that, that could be a Tanner Scott save, which could be if, crazy. Would, no, would they will NFBC even count it? I don't know. I Is that what you were going to ask? No, I believe they will count it because it, it'll be part okay. of a regular season. But are we sure that Tanner Scott will be the guy? He's got, I don't know. He's got your full collection of players yeah who could potentially come in well unless you need them sunday yeah like i mean what if they need them in a huge game on sunday oh my god i didn't even know that that was being pushed till then so yeah, yeah anyway that, oh that's what i mean that like it's i, I i'm not less i know i haven't necessarily been screwed by weather uh so far um actually the weather's probably helped me right because sunny gray didn't or wait no it wasn't sunny gray it was scuba and there was someone else who didn't get wins because of weather mm -hmm. uh I don't have any of those guys, so like. Well, that's good. That's, that's good for you. For me, for me, it's they. They are extending the season potentially another day. I have to wait another day. Sweat out stuff for another day. Oh my god! Because of this, like, oh, no, that's nuts. I did not see that it was pushed till then. I I knew it was set to resume. It was suspended. I didn't know it was going to be on October second. And so then there's a chance that they don't even do that. Yeah, if they don't need it, right? We, we won't know until Sunday. Well, absolutely, know. because there's just so much to figure out with these with these teams. So much going on with this NL wild card situation right now. The Cubs are out. Marlins and Diamondbacks are in. The Reds are actually still alive, but barely, I believe. They need basically to uh, win out and need help. I would imagine type of deal. Uh, it's absolute madness, and it's wreaking havoc on fantasy. It's creating absolutely insane fantasy situations. What's your current status right now in the in the big leagues that uh, that you're leading in or chasing? So uh, my main event, I am in third place. I'm like half a point buying second, I think. Uh, okay. 
Uh, and I'm like two points behind first, I believe. Uh, so, I mean, it's like I said, it's going to come, that's going to come down to the last day. Like I just, yeah, yeah. Like, that's been flipping and flopping all over the place for the last several weeks yeah, there. I'm, so I'm a half point behind second and I'm two and a half points behind first. Uh, but it really comes down to, and I, you know, I was on uh, Mike the Mouth and, and Zach Waxman's podcast uh, recently, mm -hmm. um, which you don't need to go listen to them. So don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> if you want to pay for it, it I mean, it was fun. It, I actually had a pretty good time, surprisingly enough. Um, I, I had but, a good time on it, too. I was on it back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, if you really want to listen to it and you don't want to pay for it because there is a subscription, like just get in my DMs and I'll, I'll hook you up with a free link. Um, so, uh, and we were talking about it because Mike's in that league and Zach did some math on it. And he goes, you have a really hard time moving up. Um, and I, and that's the truth. Like I don't have a lot of upward mobility. What I need is all the other teams to kind of take points from each other uh, in order down to, you. yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I'm at least going to finish third and I've got a, you know, a good shot at finishing second, uh, depending on how things mm -hmm. finish, but, uh, to win it, I, I need some luck. I, you know, I'm like, the Reds. Sort of, I, I need some help. I need, I need, you know, you need to do your thing and get some help. What sort of, uh, pitching could have helped you? Cause you're an unbalanced type of team. You're 67 hitting yeah. 38 pitching. Is there anybody in your draft that you hate? Uh, is there anybody on the list that we're going to talk about today uh, on unplanned segue there because we're talking about top uh, top 100 flops pitching edition uh did you have anybody on that list there no. that that failed you okay so, I, I, so who I did, did fail you though i didn't have any top 100 pitchers with a problem or uh we're pretty ah. or pretty close to it i did not take, got you that was the league where i didn't take a starter until the sixth round was, um, was musgrove your guy there yeah musgrove was my guy okay um and then like lance lynn might have been my the lance lynn experience uh -huh. yeah, so, yeah 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 uh, if i had you know i hate to say it but if i had taken zach Allen instead of like cedric mullins um this team is winning that league hands it's down, completely right? different makeup yeah um, i mean you know we can we can always do that at the end it's tough to to do that it sucks when it's like one thing though you're like one changed pick would have completely flipped everything. Mm -hmm. um, you, but you never know the whole butterfly effect. Yeah, absolutely. It would change somebody else doesn't have gallon. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So who knows? But okay, so you're, you're close there. Uh, your auction. I am four points up right now. But and while that feels good to be four points up, like it's uh, it, it's closer than it, it, it seems, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, you and I were talking prior to the start. And uh, uh, Matt Davis is trying to chase me down and there are two guys behind me like in strikeouts who have like four or five starters left to go and I've only got two starters left to go. So and if he has Tanner Scott, would that save help him? Uh, I know that, um, you know, and I can say this now on air because, you know, some I'm sure he probably listens every once in a while. Um, so Matt has had some unreal pitching staff in this league. Unreal. Like, mm -hmm. He has been leading every pitching category all year. And it hasn't been particularly close. Like if you look at like, he's got a 50 uh, strikeout lead, um, you know, a five win lead. His ERA is over three points better than the next person. His whip is over wow. is over a full, you know, point better than the next person. He has dominated pitching. Just God tier pitching. Yeah except for in saves 
Um, mm. And the one place he could have really gained a lot of room was if he had just gone like nine relievers for the last two or three weeks. Ooh, um, okay. I mean, now, would, would there have been guys to get? Or you're saying just pick up anybody, just pick up anybody. a random save yeah, like, because he doesn't need the volume mm -hmm. of starters. Like yeah. wins and whatnot are not helping him and the ratios are clean. And, and, I and got you. He can't gain any room. He can't gain any room in strikeouts. He can't gain any got room it. in wins. Like, you know, um, and so this week he finally like he's he's using three or four relievers. Um, perhaps a little too late. But it might be too late. And one of those guys is Tanner Scott. So um, he could probably gain another point there. Uh, I could lose a couple points. Like, it's it it's, could be really, really close. I'm really hoping it doesn't come down to Monday. Because if, if I go into Monday and he is one save away from, like, tying me or passing me, oh, man. You're I'm going to lose your mind. I'm going to lose gonna go, my mind. It's a big Mets fan that day. Yeah, that uh, point. yeah exactly. Or, or just... I'm going to be calling like the Marlins and being like, Hey, why don't you put in Braxton well, Garrett? Like just, you know, here's the thing. They're going to play right away. Maybe they would save Scott. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if they need it though, now you're going to put your best guy out if they need it. Yeah. So never mind. Never mind. I was thinking like if they didn't really need it, but they wouldn't play it if they don't really need it. So mm -hmm. by virtue of the fact that they're even playing it, they're probably going to put the best guy. Now what you would be hoping for then is that Scott pitches Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Where they need him to go Saturday, Sunday to even non, force Monday. Save situations. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like tie game type of deal to get that, you know, keep them going. So, oh my God, so many machinations. And then finally, Tout. Uh, Tout Wars, I, I think it was down 12 points at the beginning of the month. Um, and I and I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep grinding. I don't think I can catch, catch Brett Sayre. And last He's night I caught him. The castle, last baby. night. Now a lot of it too is him coming down, right? He's come down from mm -hmm. like 122 points to 115 and a half, and I've gone up to 116. But like this is why you don't give up, even when a lead seems insurmountable. Just keep grinding because you just never know what can happen. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if I hold on to it. He may, you know, he may end up, you know, going back over. But at least it's a race. Like it's yes. not. Last season, I think I finished second or third, but uh, uh, Derek Van Riper like just ran away with the league at the end. Like there was just no like you know uh, there was there was no one really competing with him. But this year there is a real sweat, and I'm sure Brett feels the same like the same way I do about my main and my in my auction about towers right now. Whereas I'm like just like I'm free rolling right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean you 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 storm the castle. It'd be great if you can hold. Uh, but you didn't necessarily even expect to be here. So mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Uh, okay. So again, we're pulling for you. Hopefully everything continues to go well. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. I know I'll, I'll be texting you crazily. I know on Sunday you're meeting up with a bunch of folks, including the main event leader right now, Brian mm -hmm. Slack. He currently holds a, he still has a lead. I'm trying to pull up exactly how many points that lead is, but my computer's being a piece of garbage. Speaking of my computer being a piece of garbage, I apologize for all the audio issues this year. I don't know why they happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, somebody mentioned them again recently, and it's like, um, I have no idea. I use my mic all the time. I do a lot of stuff, stream, go on other shows and, you know, uh, radio spots here and there. I never get issues. 
it's always the, this podcast and we do like record locally. I close my stuff. So it might be a StreamYard thing because I cannot figure it out for the life of me. And I'm sorry, because I know, listen, if there's like really bad audio, I'm turning something off too. So I'm not, I'm not offended by it. I get, I get it. I, I hate that it's like that. I want to get to the bottom of it. Uh, but pe please keep letting me know. I might yeah. sound frustrated when I respond to you. And the frustration is with it happening, not with somebody bringing yeah. it up to me because I want to know. I want to have a good experience for people and something that they can listen to. So we'll get to the bottom of it. We might end up switching over to Zoom to see if that fixes it. And then we would diagnose that it is mm -hmm. indeed StreamYard. Uh, but hopefully we're good right now. Justin can usually tell yeah, in the should, episode two. We should be uh, good when there's right issues. Now. Um, so yeah, hopefully everything's been good and uh, we're going to get into some pictures here. Like I said, top 100 Brian, flops. Brian Slack has a 169 point lead right now. Nice. nice. I mean, that, no. that has to feel great, right? Like he would never say I've got it, No. but in his heart of hearts, he has to be feeling I, great. Someone, Lucas Bieri showed me a uh, screenshot um, of uh, a league where he gained eight and a half points in a day. Oh my goodness. Like, and the main event's even crazier because yeah. obviously it's 795 teams. Like for example, the 15th place team yesterday gained 90.5. Yeah. Um, the eighth place team gained 75. So, you know, th there are big swings still to be had in the main event. And that's why somebody like Slack would never count his chickens before they hatch. But, uh, you know, he's at least getting a little basket to put the eggs in because mm -hmm. uh, he's got to be feeling pretty excited about where things are right now. So we wish him the best of luck. And of course, my buddy Greg is in seventh right now, one point behind sixth, uh, five, six points behind fifth, very much in the mix for as high as third at least, and maybe even second if his weekend goes extremely well. I mentioned that he's been burned by some of the casual weather. So mm -hmm. hopefully things hold there and, and the players get to decide it, not the stupid ass weather. But let's get into these pictures here and let's talk about some of these flops in within the top 100. Again, as with the hitters, we're going to include guys that are injury-based. Um, and obviously, that can be an excuse. That can be the reason. But we still need to assess where we're at on these guys for next year. So, you know, we're not necessarily roasting a guy who got hurt and saying, oh, what a loser. But we need to decide, do we go back to the well uh, with those guys? But let's start with a guy who wasn't injured and who just flopped. And his, his detractors got to be puffing their chest out a bit. And I was not one of them. I was very much a proponent of Sandy Alcantara. And uh, the, the regression was severe. Surely, I, I'm not surprised that he regressed off of a 228 ERA, 098 whip this year. Um, of course, I had him coming down from that, but not to 414, 121, which is where he went with a near doubling of his home run rate. That's been a big part of it, going from 0.6 to 1.1. The strikeouts, which are already aren't a huge calling card for Alcantara, I thought maybe he could improve there because he does have nasty stuff. He comes down from 23 to 20%. The walk rate only goes up a little bit, so I wouldn't say that that was it. It was more hits getting through, more homers doing damage, fewer strikeouts, and a really rough start too. Uh, all adds up to the season that we have here. He has been nowhere near the 27th player off the board this year. How do we feel about Sandy Alcantara next year now? The price will come down. Will it come down enough? I mean, he's completely off my board, at least early on. With the elbow issues, having a setback at the end of the season, he's not finishing the year on the mound. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's he'll be a guy that I'll maybe entertain if the price is cheap enough in March, but... Until I see him pitching in spring training, um, uh, there's no way I draft him. So 
you know, if any of you are like me and like those, uh, you know, October, November, December drafts, um, I, I would not touch. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree there, you know, so much can change already when you're doing those sorts of drafts and it can be fun, right? It's a, it's a fun market to play because it is so volatile and you're going to look back mm -hmm. on some of those drafts and laugh at yourself and you're going to look at others and go, man, I really got an amazing discount on this mm -hmm. guy. Um, the, the, the market will change so much from the October, November drafts to the February, March ones. Um, and Alcantara is a guy that, you know, because he's not ending on the field, also coming off of a rough season, prices coming way down. I don't know if there's a cutoff for me where I would jump in at this point either. Um, I think he's going to be a, a winter spring guy for me if I'm going to get back in. Let's say the news comes back fine. Elbow's okay. He's going to start spring training. All that's good. Where do we think Alcantara's price starts to land? Second rounder this year. Pretty consistently. Yeah, I'm going to say Won't be anywhere near that fourth or fifth round, probably. Oh, still that high. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be that high. I think that so much of that young pitching is going to come up that I would actually be surprised if he ends up being quite that yeah, high. He, he still, even with missing the time that he missed with the elbow issues, he still does something that all those other guys don't do yet. Throw innings like he's got 184 innings this year after missing a big chunk of time. That's uh, true. And uh, like, I don't think he is going to be a lot of people's SP ones. But like, if you are looking to pair like a high upside guy with a stable stud, I think Alcantara is going to be a name that people kind of flock to because he can throw a ton of innings now. I'm not going to put him down for a ton of innings, so he won't be a guy I consider there because I just can't guarantee. I mean, he obviously can't guarantee anybody pitches that many innings. Sure. But like a guy who's coming off an elbow issue like he is, I just am I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get 30 innings. Um, so, you know, like I said, he's he's probably just going to be off my board completely. Um, you know, I'll have to rank him for like our ranks that we put out there, but. He's he's going to be jarringly low, even if he is healthy for me. Um, okay, uh, you know people are going to be like, "What do you mean, Sandy Alcantara is like outside your top fifty starting pitchers?" I'm like, yeah, "I'm not taking the risk." Like that is telling you, I'm not taking the risk at all. Yeah, that's that's full punt. Which, you know, I I get it, especially if you're carrying those those health concerns. There, there is definitely a price that I could get back in on with Sandy Alcantara. I don't know where it's going. I think he's a big wild card, right? Because he did have plenty of detractors. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much his proponents are going to be daunted by this. So we'll have to see how it goes with Sandy Alcantara. Let's move on to our next guy who is pitching uh, all year. You know, he's been healthy. He's been fine. Aaron Nola went right after him at pick 28 uh, as far as an average draft spot. And, you know, the team's good again, but... He hasn't been really. 446 ERA has been a problem. Now, everything else is in line. Yeah. 194 innings with a 115 whip. That's that's not even bad. That's helping you. That's a good whip. Um, but one and a half home run rate, 1.5 homer per nine. 26% K rate is down from last year's 29%. But again, you're not, you're not bugging out about that. Even the jump from 4% to 6% walk rate, 
you're not really losing your head on that. It comes back to the homers, which has elevated the ERA. So you can't even blame it necessarily all on the defense, which is still crappy there. But, um, you know, the long ball, they can't go in the stands and catch those. So even if you had three Brandon Marshes in the outfield, you can't really you can't really blame that on the defense completely. They, they do still play a role here. And I'm sure some of the extra hits, it's gone from 7.4 to 8.3 hits, nine for Aaron Nola. I'm sure they've played a role there because it is a garbage defense. But... I wonder, is this just another, I mean, he's done this throughout his career, right? Did the ups and downs of Aaron Nola have been uh, kind of interesting to see when you go back and look at everything. He has these ERA spikes when the skills are still very much in line. Like just in 2021, he put up a 463 ERA with a 113 whip. He just did this and then he bounced back at 325.096. The thing of it is the price never really drops that much. Um, there's like a, there'll be a slight discount off of the 20, 28 ADP for Aaron Nola, but people know better than to just quit him. So what do you think about Nola for next year? Uh, will there be a dip worth buying? Are you going to take any discount you can get, or do you worry about this ERA volatility? I mean, I, I do wonder if there's really going to be much of a dip, uh, especially there'll because... be some, he, he won't with all the young pitching rising, he won't be picked 28. I think, I think it won't it won't be crazy. I think in the really early drafts, there's going to be a, a decent dip. Uh, but I think one, as people start to kind of look at the underlying numbers, because I mean, I think people just draft to draft early on. Like, I don't think most people have not run any sort of projections. They're not worth they're they're feeling off of gut uh, a lot of the time, and so I think there will probably be a, a fairly large dip to begin with, and then it'll start coming back up as people really start doing their homework for drafts. Um, you went fifth round in meatball. Um, if you if you can pull yeah. up the Tout Wars one, so we can reference yeah. some of the, some of that as as we go too. So fifth round, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's the 69th pick. So pretty nice draft slot there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's but, a forty one point forty one pick dip there for Nola. Do you think he lives around the fifth, or you're saying that this is the discount, and then he'll slowly matriculate back up, maybe into what the third round? Well, here's the thing. So I think there's going to be the dip. And then I think there'll be this gradual kind of climb. And then he's going to sign a new contract. He's a free agent. And anytime guys guys are in the news, you know, for a trade or for a signing, they get a boost. And so, and I'll go the other way on that. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to sign him on a six year, you know, $180 million deal, whatever he's going to get. He's going to get paid. So for damn me, good pitcher. for me, it would largely depend on where he ends up, right? Like, I mean, uh, I think the location for him, if he ends up back in Philadelphia, you know, if he ends up in a really good pitcher's park, like there are a lot of different things that could change his valuation for me. Um, I think if, I mean, if he's going outside the top five rounds, like I'm totally fine. Uh, what if your boys get him? I got, I got to ask just because, hey, you guys are going to be in the market for studs again, and we'll see if you land any of them. And, of course, pitching in San Francisco is amazing. Yeah, I, I think I would be in. And it's not- I might break my rule about, uh, you know, try, drafting guys coming on that first year of a huge deal mm-hmm. um, to get Nola in San Francisco. I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, I'm looking Would at you this. want that? Or would you, ra- as you're looking that up, would you want that? Or would you rather they sign Premier Hitting? I mean, I would. I mean, I would rather them sign premier hitting because hitting has been so difficult for the Giants to get. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much available though, so they might just go yeah. 
you know, best player available type of thing. I mean, I think they're going to try to go all in on Otani, but I don't think that's going to work either. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I think to me, I just want them to do something right. Like just, just do something. Uh, you know, I had this discussion with my wife and my brother-in-law after the Giants were uh, eliminated uh, the other night. And I said, I'm, you know, the Giants have just lived in this state of perpetual mediocrity for the last few years where they, I think 2021, they should have been rebuilding. Um, and they surprisingly won 107 games out of nowhere. I think it, it caught them by surprise, right? And it put this in the situation where now they feel like, I don't know if they personally feel this way or if they feel like the fans feel this way, but like they can't rebuild because they just won 107 games. Um, and it's stuck yeah. them in this spot where, yeah, they might sneak in the playoffs. They might not sneak in the playoffs, but they're not getting better because they're not allowing themselves to properly rebuild in the ways that the Braves did and the Dodgers did and the Padres did and the Orioles have done and, and the Mariners have done. Like they're not, they're not sucking intentionally to get better draft picks to you know re, uh, rehabilitate their farm, um, yeah. and they're paying for it. You know, it's an old team with not a great farm system. So I think I. Personally, if it was me, if I was running the Giants, I'd, I would be like, listen, we're going to suck for a few years. You guys won three championships in five years. Enjoy those for the next five years because but, we're... But they've been in the hunt for the playoffs, though. I don't think you can just melt it down to the ground. I think, but you should. You should. You should. I mean, and this is like, I think I, some people are like, well, this isn't fantasy related. This is absolutely fantasy related. Because if you play in a dynasty league, you should be doing this. You should take true stock of your team and go, is my team a competitor? Like, am I really competing for a championship? Not a playoff spot or not like Yeah, but a you're not spot. running an entertainment business while you're running your dynasty league team. People either. are going to show up either way. Like, it, or not I know. show up. Like, it's, what, like, who, the ticket sales don't matter. We all know this. Like, the money I mean, is... Y'all, 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 y'all draw well. Like, I, yeah, I, I, like, I get that. But I mean, I don't know. They... Like, look, I have not been bought in on this these last two teams of the Giants. You know, um, I go on Gil Alexander's show throughout the season once a week, and he's a Giants guy. And, you know, we'll talk about who are the contenders. And you guys are always kind of up there early in the year. I'm like, I never buy in. And, uh, you know, that's proven to be the right move. You know, you're looking at back-to-back 500-type seasons. But they're kind of always in the mix. And I don't know. I think it's hard to just rip it to the studs in the spot that they're in. I think, I think they painted themselves into a corner with all these old guys and then just ripping it down to the if, studs if you were, would be a bad look. If you were in the NL Central, I would agree with you. If you were in the AL Central, I'd agree with you. But you sure. have the Dodgers who are a mega team. You have the Padres yeah. who are a mega team. You have the uh, Dimebacks who look like they could be a mega team. Love like, my baby snakes. At best, you're the fourth best team in this division. Like, like do you want to do you want to fight for third in the division every year? And not and not get substantially better for the future. No, you should be but tearing you, it you down. Can't, you can't really tank like basketball, right? First off, it's not one of five, you know. So you're getting that one draft pick that changes everything. You can still build the team with draft picks that aren't and at the through, tippy top and too. through the international market. I think the international exactly. market the Giants have failed at. Um, but I think you should you should know who you, what your identity is, and then just commit to that identity it's what Faron did in la that mm-hmm. made the turnaround they are so impressive and the reason he was but they never had to tear it down 
I mean, they were pretty bad for a few years, you know? Like, they weren't... They when? Obviously, they were still over 500. You're talking about 10, 11, and 12, 80, they were still 82, and 86 now. wins. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. well, 80, 80 not. 80, 80 and 82 is under 500, but obviously very barely. And then 82 and 79, 86 and 76. So right where your Giants are right now. But they, they were living in that in that mediocrity zone, but still building. So maybe the building just needs to be better. I mean, the building definitely needs to be better. This whole, so like, this whole like signing guys to one or two-year deals um, or signing guys who are in their 30s, like, like, why isn't got why aren't guys like you know Luciano and Matos playing every day to see what mm-hmm. you got? Are these guys yeah. legit dudes when you're signing guys like like I like Mitch Haniger. I think Mitch Haniger wasn't necessarily a bad signing, but for I agree. the Giants, like he's not part of the next great Giants team. Like, you sure. know, like why are you But if they if they've thought this five hundred ball club was on the cusp, I'm not sure that they should have. No, yeah. But if they and thought that, that, I mean, you know, if they get Judge or Correa, and we know Correa turned out to actually be a good bullet dodged there, but they're thinking we get a superstar hitter. We add a few supplementary pieces. Boom, we're at 90, 92 wins. We're in the dance. And then we go from there type of deal. But I agree. Like, I know we've gotten far afield here talking about Nola, but I just think if they went for somebody like that, I, I don't know. Maybe don't, maybe that's not the right a, move then. No, be 31. I, and I don't have a necessarily a problem with that kind of move, right? Because you're locking them down for six years. You're going, hey, we may not be competitive for the next two years, but in three or four years, we might be really competitive, and we've got that piece. So the same way they, the Padres did that with Machado. Like, they went, yeah. hey, we might, we're not going to be competitive in your first year or two, but we're going to be really good here in a few years. Um, and let's be honest, like, there are, you know, I mean, we see in basketball more than we see in baseball, but I think we see it in baseball too. Some where getting one free agent entices oh, sure. other free agents to come there. Absolutely, J- you- Jason Worth was that linchpin for the Nats. Remember yeah. when they signed him, and mm-hmm. we're like, "Why are they signing Jason Worth?" Because it's it's signified. And go back to my Tigers back when they signed Pudge and then Maglio. It was a sign. Hey, Eric yeah, Hosmer. we're right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> let's not let's not get too crazy here. But anyway. Aaron Nola, I think he's going to be an interesting guy as far as like if there's a price dip, I think there's a world where I'm certainly buying it. Um, and even if it isn't too much, I just don't think he'll be second round again. So I'll gladly take the discount. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much no matter where he goes. The Alex Rios. I'm open to it. Oh, that's a good, that's a good comp yeah. there. You're talking about a guy who was up and down. The, the core skills every, always every seem to kind of be year. there. But yeah. yeah, he was up, down, up, down. Um, and yeah, we'll see on the contract too. Because like I said, I don't love signing guys first year in a big deal. But if he stays with Philly, I would have no problems just going going mm-hmm. ahead and getting him. Um, Shane McClanahan. This is one of the injury ones, of course, that uh, is a washout there. But another main reason to still talk about him is because it's not new with injuries, right? And this was supposed to be his full-on complete A season. Last year was an A season, don't get me wrong, 254 ERA, 093 whip, and 166 innings. So he qualified for the ERA title and everything. To me, that's, you know, full season, ace level. Um, But this year was supposed to be the next level, which may be similar ratios, even if they go up a little bit, but like 190 innings, maybe even 200. 
He did well when he pitched, but it was only 115 innings, 329 ERA, 118 whip, 11 and two record on that great uh, Rays team, especially the way they started off. He was getting wins left and right. I think he was getting wins on days he wasn't even pitching. They were winning so often, yeah. but uh, it, it was great. But now here we are injury. His season's over. He's on the 60 day IL. Where do we currently stand with Shane McClanahan? I mean, I, I don't know why we're talking about it. He got, he's getting Tommy John. I know, but well, I guess he didn't get it early enough to. Yeah, and even yeah, if never he did, mind. like I wouldn't be in on him. Like I. No, I know, like, but yeah, it, it, never mind. It, it was it was way too late to to be uh, a like, factor for next year. Okay, so let's talk. Let's spin a dynasty then. Let's not yeah. worry about redraft. I would totally Is buy. It, absolutely buy. Okay. Dynasty. Like if someone, if you are a rebuilding team, you should be going to the J- Jacob Degrom owner. You should be going to the Shane McClanahan owner. Wait, wait. And, should you be going to the Jacob Degrom? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're still buying? Absolutely. Why not? Because as often as you would rip on, for example, Corey Seager for his injury issues. But um, we assume you know, that, that this corrective surgery will will correct that, Create right? a window. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, he's going to be 36 by the time DeGrom comes back. Sure. But he's a unicorn. He's not like yeah. a normal 36-year-old. Like this That's is, fair. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, you know, like if especially if you can get a good price because he's not going to be back till twenty twenty five, and yeah, yeah, of course I would okay. buy in on. I buy on. I buy in on all the elite guys. I buy in on almost all the guys who are getting Tommy John. If I'm not competing in twenty twenty four, so for instance, I, my three sport league, I'm not competing in twenty twenty four. Not because my baseball team isn't good, but because my football team sucks. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like. I'm going to send out trades for all of the TJ guys and go, you know what? Even if my hit rate is 60%, if I get five, you know, TJ returning studs for 2025, I might have three aces for the price of one or price of two. Like, you know, exactly. Cause the, the prices will be, will be lower. And, you know, with McClanahan and DeGrom specifically, they're going to have that extended period yep. uh, of of recovery right because yeah i, I my timeline on my clan was way off i i don't know why i didn't realize he had his tj in freaking august so yeah he's a hundred percent out next year um and Degrom's was relatively late too though not quite as late yeah i i can see buying them um, you know y- you've always been good about showing that patience in dynasty leagues and you know looking way forward well, the truth of the matter is i haven't and I've destroyed dynasty leagues. I've oh, been, I thought I thought you've always been like oh, I will no. buy these guys and wait. No, I I have been the, um, and I'm still the like flag fly forever guy. Like I will, yeah. I have no problem going all in, selling my future for a championship because you know for like that three sport dynasty league I'm, that I just referenced, like I won the first year. Now the last two mm-hmm. years I have sucked, um, but I will never let anyone forget that I won the first year. Of course. Um, and so like I have no problem like sacrificing my future for now. I think that's what you should do. But again, this go going back to what we were talking about with like the Giants, you need to know what your identity is, right? If you if your team is not good enough to really win a championship, then you should be doing everything it takes to making your team better for the future. Um and so like I've been in a dynasty league for like a decade or something like that, and I've never won it but I tried to buy too early and it set me back. Right. So, 
man, that's tough. Um, you know, and I'm I'm getting close to being back to being competitive. Yeah, Henry's in that dynasty league, and he's saying he can confirm he will not let us forget it. Um, so, uh, you know, like you've got to when it comes to dynasty, you really have to know what your team is. Um, yeah, and and be willing to commit. Like I think one of the big mistakes people make is they maybe get off to a hard, hot start and they go, oh, now's the time. Well, nothing's changed in the last month. So if you came into the season thinking you were still a year or two away, you're probably still a year or two away. Don't sell the farm for a couple of hot samples. Because, yeah, because Eloy hit seven home runs because, you know, yeah. Eloy's going back on the IL. Okay, relax with all that. All right, so anyway, McClanahan, definitely a buy in Dynasty. Take the discount. Hopefully you find somebody that has him that is a, is a contender, so they're going to be inclined to want to move him to get something to really help them next year. Obviously, don't give away too much because then you're counterbalancing what you're getting from him. But if you have some older guys that can help that team for next year uh, and in the short term and you get yourself a long term Shane McClanahan, I still absolutely love him. There is the t Tommy John honeymoon. Like right when they get back, you can feel pretty comfortable about how things are going to go uh, with them for the next, you know multiple years and uh, he should be an absolute G Christian Javier picked 39 this year baby Strider was a lot of the talk I, I propagated some of that on my own um, you know the idea was not that he was Strider but that he could be he could be that type of guy and the idea was two amazing pitches uh, maybe smaller sample maybe not exactly a guy who was always going you know uh, seven plus innings, but gives you your five, six on a great team and just dominates. Not so fast. It really came unraveled this year for Christian Javier. Hindsight's 2015, obviously, but were there signs? Did, did, did we miss anything with him and that the 467 ERA, 128 whip maybe should have been in view or did he just fall? And this was a guy that, you know, we had every right to believe in with the skills that he had been showing. And then uh, and then things came unraveled. I think the, the toughest part for me is that the strikeouts came so, so far down. Yeah. He went from 33% to 23%. 10% percentage point dip for Christian Javier is the huge deal here. 39th overall pick this year. Where did it go wrong with Christian Javier, Justin? I mean, I, it, it went wrong everywhere. Like, I mean, it just... Um... But I think this is when, when you start talking about guys like Spencer Strider, like, I think we need to stop looking for the next guy. Right. And I think that's what we'll never do that. Yeah. Like, you know that I know we, but there, there may not be another, I mean, there will be another, you know, Spencer Strider at some point, but it's so hard to predict. Right. Like, mm -hmm. because what Spencer Strider does is not, what every pitcher can do like you have to have those two elite pitches and i don't know that while i think they're very good pitches i don't know that javier's are elite in the same they way were last year at least but he's always had command issues um mm -hmm. you know and there was also workload concerns i mean i think we should have and not that we should have seen it coming like we shouldn't have been projecting like that this blow up was going to happen but I think we should have talked more about the range of outcomes um, in terms of a guy like Javier, because the ceiling was super high. And I think the ceiling is still super high. Like if he comes back being a stud next year, I'm not going to be surprised, but we got to now see what the floor is. And I don't even know if this is necessarily it. is 
the complete floor. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone can kind of completely fall off or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get that point. But like, this is this is yeah. pretty floorish. You know, it's a big, big fall for him. The ten point dip in strikeout rate for Christian Javier is really the part that stands out to me. Is like damn, that's really tough. That's probably the one thing I would have said wouldn't happen. You could have convinced me that the command and control was going to create enough problems that the homers and hits were going to go up, create some whip issues. I'm not sure you could have got me on board with his downside being a 10-point drop in yeah. strikeout rate for Christian Javier. He did not go in the top seven rounds of the meatball draft. That doesn't mean that his ADP won't be there. This is just one sample taken uh, several weeks ago now. Where are we looking at Christian Javier for 2024? Man, that that's a really good question that I really don't have a good answer for yet. Did he um, go in in your draft? I don't believe he did. Um, and how many rounds was that one? Was that also was seven? Six, it was six. Okay, um, so yeah, then he almost assuredly would not go in a six round draft if he, if he didn't go in the seven rounder. Um, I can't imagine he goes too much later than that though. So if he's in the eight to 10 round range for Christian Javier, is it a buyback? Mm. I think it depends. I'm going to say yes for me while I wait for you to answer. Yeah, I think yes. it really depends uh, in a large part about uh, his, uh, your roster construction. And I know that's kind of a you know an answer people don't really like to hear. But what it does tell you is I don't think he's off my board at that point, right? Like I think he's mm -hmm. in the conversation, but I think it really depends on when you get to that eighth, ninth, tenth round, like how many starting pitchers do you have and how stable are they? Like, do you have a workhorse type guy that you feel really good? Like, I don't think you should be pairing Spencer Strider because we saw, you know, a, a floor from Spencer Strider this year, in spite of the amazing strikeout numbers, like he had a, like pretty much a four ERA, like Three, that, 381 ERA. Yeah. Like that hurts you in fantasy when your ace is giving you that kind of ERA um, you know, uh, because you're expecting those guys to help bring down the overall team ERA, not bust it up a little bit. So that is not affecting his price, by the way. It, and it <laughs> he went no. third overall in this. Yeah, uh, and, Strider did. Yeah. yeah, and as he should, I think he absolutely yeah. should. Like, I'll take my L on Strider. I was completely out of the price uh, last year, and I'll be completely in. You know, next year. So yeah, I'm um, I'm definitely in. Uh, I like them. So okay, Javier, eight to ten round area. We're guessing he could be even lower. Yeah. Um, you're saying your team construction matters. I get that. If you've got some guys that have a better better history of of workload, because uh, obviously you never know. But we got we go off of the data that we have. So if you got some guys that have put up a bunch of 180s in their history, you know maybe you have a Nola um, and, and a couple other guys like that that have, that have been doing it you're more open to Javier. But if you're on some of the younger guys, uh, you know, some of the Seattle standouts or the Cleveland standouts, these, these rookies, uh, you're leaning away from Javier. Is that what yeah. I understand? Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's that's totally fine. But you're, there is going to be a nice discount off of pick 39 this year, and I will not be afraid to buy back in. Mm -hmm. Dylan Cease, pick 49. I mean, we can repeat a lot of the same stuff we just talked about here, uh, right down. I, I think they have kind of a similar makeup here, Cease and Javier, in terms of, command and control issues, elite pitches, but maybe not a deep arsenal. Um, he put up 172 innings, so that's eight fewer than he had last year in the same amount of starts. ERA jumped from 220 to 466. Whip drop jumped from 111 to 142. Now, he didn't have that same strikeout dip, though. And again, that's why I would have been 
so surprised. You know, if Cease had had a huge strikeout dip too, it would have blown my mind because that's the one thing that he does so consistently. He's so nasty. It dropped a little bit from 30% to 27%. Swinging strike rate from 15 to 14. You know, and that, that stuff's still in line. But the hits went way up. The BABIP went crazy from 260 to 331. So you, if it super lucky last year, super unlucky this year. So is it going to kind of come in the middle? I think, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I guarantee the vast majority of people are just going to take the two years, get the average, and that's going to be the C's projection, which for those wondering, that would be 339 ERA, 126 whip, 29% K rate in about 170 innings. Does that sound right for you on C's? Yeah, I mean, this is another one I, I really don't know. <laughs> um, it, it's so hard to figure out who he is because, I mean, even if you like look at his month by month splits, like in September, four starts in September, he's got a 304 ERA with 31 strikeouts in 23 and two thirds. Putting a little shine on things to end the season. <laughs> and you know, people love those guys who finish strong. Um, mm -hmm. I, here's the thing like, I, I, I prefer to draft pitchers who are really good at pitching. Um, you know, guys who aren't necessarily throwers. Um, and uh, while we all love stuff and we all love strikeouts, um, I think it, I think especially with the rule changes that allow more hits to fall um, in power, like not seemingly down, but like uh, in terms of hurting pitchers, um, I, I'll probably stay away from CC again. Uh, don't, don't these guys become the aces though? Like this is like some early career Max Scherzer type stuff, and and you know guys like that. Uh, I remember watching Scherzer as a Tiger, always seeing more. Right, like it, man, he just is not fulfilling his potential. This guy has more in the tank, and obviously he became one of the best pitchers of his generation, walk-in Hall of Famer now. But he's not the only one. Uh, I mean, it was very brief, so I'm not making a one-to-one -one comp here. But even Kershaw started off as a bit of a thrower. He had no idea where the ball was going for those first couple of years, and then became arguably the best pitcher of his generation. I think it's between him and Verlander with Scherzer very much in that mix. Um, and that was early in his career, uh, whereas Cease is 28. I think it was like 22, 23 by the time Gershaw got going, but he's just crazy. But I think Cease is that kind of guy that like, if he becomes an ace because he makes a few tweaks, I'm 0% surprised because his foundation is so strong with that swing and miss. I think the difference... I wonder, go ahead. I think the difference though is... When Scherzer was still figuring out the command and control, we weren't paying fourth round prices on him. Like that's fair. Like I don't remember me, what his ADPs were, but yeah, I don't think that they got that high before he for me, like, fully I, emerged. I like don't get me wrong, I'm okay paying for upside, but I want to see the skills already in place to reach that upside. You know, well, they were last year. I mean, two twenty, one eleven. Now those are results still, more than skills. Yeah, exactly. Because it was a 10% walk rate that was still there. And, you know, we talked about we talked about this throughout the season with regards to Cease. It took a year, but I think Nick Pollock was kind of proven right with his concerns on Cease, right? Mm -hmm. So he had to eat it all last year about like, oh, you were off Cease and look what happened. It's like, well, okay, he, he outlasted me for an entire year, but push come to shove. This is exactly the kind of concern that Nick had, this volatility from somebody like Cease. I'm not sure it's going to go away. But here's the thing. You're not paying fourth round anymore. He yeah. didn't go in the meatball. I doubt he went in your league. No. And the strong finish is not going to push him up too much. 
if it if if it if he did, if they reran the meatball draft, he might go in the seventh. And I I doubt it, but he might. So Steele, Bueller, Bobby Miller, Joe Musgrove, and Zach Eflin were the seventh round starters. Would you think Cease is with any of them? Maybe Bieber, because I won't be touching him either. But the rest Bueller. of them. I didn't say oh, I didn't say oh, Bieber. Um yeah, I mean maybe with Bueller. Um because so, so coming off you would at least consider him. Yeah. So let's oh, no, say no. seven I, to I, ten. I doubt I doubt I consider. I mean Okay. Uh, obviously, if you are a believer in Cease, this will be the year to buy back in. Like, it's like, because he's going to be cheaper than, you know, he'll probably go in the eighth, ninth rounds. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, the upside, at least in strikeouts, is worth that. Like, I mean, so, yeah. like, I mean, obviously. I think I'm going to buy. I'll, I'll run my numbers and I'll see where it puts him. Um, but again, I think this is another roster construction issue, right? Like, Sure. If if I don't have a pretty steady stud at the top, um, and I've got a more volatile guy at the top, then there's no way I touch. Uh, I'm going to need whip foundation more Absolutely. so than anything else. With, when, if I'm going to take cease, so you know I keep referencing Nola, but like uh, he's just easy because he's on the brain right now. But he's a whip stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So even in a bad year like this year, the 115 whip. You so, start with a Nola. Got, you start with a Brandon Woodruff. You start with like yeah these guys who are like really, really stable products that give you innings on top of it too. Um, My then, boy Luis Castillo, Zach yeah. Gallen. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a foundational ace like that, that, that really protects my, and even if my number two guy also brings that to the mix. If I go Luis Castillo, Max Freed, uh, or from yep. Valdez or Logan Webb. I think Freed I'm, is a really good example of a guy you go, oh, well, I got this stability in Freed, but I don't get a ton of strikeouts. So now maybe I go for a cease. guy, Cease. I go for a guy like, you know, Javier. Javier. Like, uh, because I need those strikeouts now. And those guys, you know, at least Cease, we for sure know will get the strikeouts. Like Yes. I feel like Javier can get them back, but yes, we know C like that ceases game. Yeah. Gonna miss bats. Got that nasty slider, got that big heat. So yeah, I, I think I'm probably gonna buy the dip here. Um I wanna see where it goes, obviously, but we'll start getting drafts going that go deeper than seven rounds uh very soon. I I mean I know the freaks probably already out there drafting them. I say freaks lovingly. Uh, I will be one of those freaks and I will start doing DCs pretty soon. And um, I'll, I'll be interested on Cease because uh, the upside I do think is still rich. Now, I kind of want to see what also happens in Chicago because that, that place is a mess right now, too. And I want to see what sort of things happen there. Um, you know, Chris Getz, I think, is taken over as GM. What sort of personnel flips do they do in the front office? What sort of personnel flips do they do uh, with the team? Do they potentially move him? Do they start to tear things down and, and move a 28-year-old asset like that and try to get multiple prospects? Because you're still getting a haul if you trade Dylan Cease I think in, so, in a major yeah. league situation without a doubt. There's, there's going to be a number of organizations go, we can fix this. We can absolutely. absolutely you know? We can take him to the you, next level. It, so it's, it's almost impossible to make guys throw as hard as him, but people always think they can fix those guys. Um, yes. So, but you, you have that foundation. Yeah. You have nasty stuff foundation. Taking them to the next it, level, a lot of teams believe they can do that. On a on a just a weird tangent, um, it's so interesting to me the uh, emergence of mediocre baseball players becoming general managers um, in baseball, and maybe maybe I just didn't notice it before because I had. That's been, what I was going to say. Yeah, it's I, just because we know the players now. Like yeah, we we. we like, these if are guys you, we watched growing up. Yeah, if you played fantasy baseball ten years ago, Chris Getz was like that guy that you might 
draft in in AL only. AL only? Yeah, yep. like you know, Chris Woodward. Um, you know, yeah. was a guy that like, oh, I, I hope he finally, this is the year Chris Woodward. Maybe I get double digit it. steals from yeah. him and get a little bit of batting uh, average. Like yeah, seeing these had... guys in like management or managerial positions, like it just, it's so funny to me. Like, you know, it is. Uh, so. I, I do think it's our age more than anything else. Yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily a new trend because it's just that we know all these guys. Yeah. Now. We maybe didn't know the bit players from the seventies and eighties that were managing and, and uh, front officing, which is not a word, but let's go with it in the, uh, in the nineties and early two thousands. But now we know all these dudes and we're like, Oh, okay. me especially because I, mean, I didn't start following That's, baseball. You're new to baseball. Until, yeah. Early two thousands. So like, yeah, all these so guys you're very are, new to it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this guy. Holy shit. Trigger warning on this uh, one. I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea. Like I'm just... I, I don't either. It's Alec Manoa, folks. He went pick 62 on average. Obviously, he'll go nowhere near that. Does he go 300 picks later? Let's start there. Yeah, I think he does. 362 like, or later. Especially in the early drafts because, you know, at, least, no with, at, least, with, at least with Cease or Javier... Um, we know that while the floor is ugly and disastrous, we we know kind of where the floor is now. They're major leaguers too, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's a big key thing. part. If Alec Manoa doesn't throw a pitch in the majors next year, are you going to be surprised? Not with how badly this went. I, I don't know how you could have like overconfidence that he's going to return and everything's going to be great. Didn't he get sent back out and then not report? Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, um, and did not even didn't report, didn't throw, like he didn't throw at all. Um, uh, like I mean, here's the thing, and I'm not making light of anything like that. This school, uh, because you know, obviously, I work in the, the mental field uh, mm -hmm. for my for my day job, but this screams some sort of off the field, either mental health addiction issue, like something going on off the field that we're not privy to. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's none just, of our business. Yeah, and it's none of our business. But you know, you hope that a guy like that, who's really fun to watch, um, gets whatever he's looking for, right? Yep. Like, um, uh, but there is no world. And part of it is like I had a lot of Alec Manoa this year. Um, like he yeah. single handedly shot a few of my teams. Uh, he burned you. That was your dude. You know, he was like. You know, luckily for me, I just didn't end up with him in any of my really important leagues. Um, mm -hmm. But like my Gladiator League, my TGFBI League, I can literally pinpoint. Like if I had just taken a zero, if I had anyone else, yeah, Walker Bueller this year <laughs> instead of Manoa, I'd either be winning or in the hunt for winning those leagues. Um, and you know. Uh, it's it's unreal to me. Um, 587 ERA, 174 whip. And this is what I mean. Like, you know, I know this is very much an extenuating circumstance, but like this is why we always have to be careful when we talk about who's stable, who's a lock to do whatever, because he was a lock workhorse, right? Yeah. Maybe you're not putting down another 224 ERA yeah. and 099 yeah, whip, but you're like, give me three and a half and a 115, and that's guaranteed, quote unquote. And, and there are going to be people guaranteed. taking victory laps on Alec Manoa this year, like, because there were people in the industry, um, including, you know, really good friends of ours, who were like, oh, Manoa is going to, like, regress. He's going to regress. Like, it, this could be really, really bad. Nobody, nobody saw any of this coming. Like, I mean, no. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Maybe you were on the regression and the regression did hit pretty early on. 
but like nobody thought like you thought even if he was bad like even if he put up dylan cease type era numbers you were getting 190 innings like you oh, were, absolutely probably two something because he put nine, yeah. 196 and, and two thirds up last last year look what henry commented from your di- from y'all's dynasty league in the aftermath of Dynasty League, I traded Luis Castillo away instead of Alec Manoa before the season. Oh. I said that Manoa is the better long-term asset. You're, you were Pain. technically right. Um, well, that no. Hurt, so. No, he was not technically right. He was not a little he, bit right. Before the season, he was the better Dynasty asset is what I mean. Because I he disagree. was young, younger and, you know. I disagree. I, that's not just hindsight. This, uh, Luis Castillo is my ALSI young pick. So I think no, I can... Fair confidently say that that's not hindsight for me i don't think they were far and i certainly did not have alec manoa evaporating but uh i'm big luis castillo guy he's not going to win the al cy young but not i don't know you know it's hard to pick awards at the beginning of the year and if you get a guy who's in the mix i feel like you you can be like okay hey, wasn't a I, terrible pick there i got zach gallon i picked zach gallon as my uh NL that's cy looking young. that's looking it's, very it's, viable it's looking way better than my um cardinals in the world series Oof! I mean, I put the Angels back in there. That that's mostly wish casting. Two years yeah. in a row now that I, I keep going back to that. Well, I, I, I um, did. I had Car- Cardinals, Blue Jays, and neither who, of those things are happening. Who is going to win the NL Cy? I think Gallon. Because I, I, you know, you I know there's a, like, I, I know there's right a there. lot of like push for Blake Snell because Strider. he's just been oh. so good. Yeah, um, down the stretch. Um, but I don't know how you lead the majors in walks and win the scion like i i don't know why those two things matter he's been so lucky like it's just like i know he's been really really good but i don't know i i think gallon especially with the dimebacks making the playoffs i think gallon should be the guy um so then you don't vote for anybody that has like a really low babbit in a given year i mean i don't vote Isn't for that also super, I, I, I know vote, but um but you you, you don't Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting because I picked Gallon to win at the beginning of the season. Look, so, you're but. you're your guys in the mix. Um, I think this one's really going to come down to the electorate too, because if it's a lot more stat oriented, forward thinking folks, do you think Strider might win it, even though he has a three eighty one ERA because he has a two eighty seven FIP? I mean, I, I think he should definitely be in the conversation. He obviously should. Be in the conversation. I, I put him on my ballot, but I'm not voting him to win. I care about what happened, luck yeah. and all, warts and all. So yeah, Blake, Blake's been lucky to you know strand all those runners. Eighty-seven percent strand rate is incredible. We'll ne- will not project him to hold that in any way, shape, or form next year. He's ri- ridden a walked a tightrope like crazy, but he's done it, and the results mm-hmm. are there. And that's for fair. me, you know, I, I, that's where that's where I'm at with awards. That's why like I don't care about the FIP and stuff. I know FIP still connotes skills and everything, but I don't care about the like what their ERA quote unquote should be. What was it? Warts and all, man, because it's a it's a it's a season award. Uh, you take the luck, positive and negative, and you go from there with it. Snell, Snell's right there for me. Um, I I like your gallon pick for does, sure. Does Strider still have another start? Because if he wins twenty games, he does. If he wins 20 games, I think you're going to see a lot of the olds be like, well, he won 20 games. So, what? yeah, again, that comes back to the electorate. And and then you'll get people who are like, well, you look at the underlying metrics, and he was actually the best pitcher in baseball. And he got 20 dubs, blah, 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 blah. Um, For me, like, I... 
I think they let him go for that, by the way, because they have everything locked up. But because they have the buy, I think they can let Strider go for it. I mean, I think they could too. Like at least, what can let, he lower? Go five. It, what can he lower his ERA to? Let's give him seven shutty, and and see what that does. Because I don't think he's going to throw a CG. Oh, that wouldn't even lower the ERA. No, I mean at this point, like I just I don't know. I thought I thought seven shutout innings might lower it. And yeah, I might I might have done the math wrong. I can't not lower it at all. It's got to lower it some, but uh, I can I can run the numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, down to three sixty seven. But so even from that, like, to three sixty seven. No, look, I know. The one of the guys that isn't getting any pub is actually leading the majors in WAR right now for pitchers. Is Zach Wheeler? Um, yep. Who should absolutely get some votes? Like I think, but that's another like FIP case because our FIP is based on or our WAR is like heavily FIP based because he are his ERA is three sixty one. And again, like I, I care about what what happened. And Blake's is two twenty five, and that's just crazy low. Even Gallon's at three forty nine, and certainly not bad. What about Justin Steele at three oh six? I was just about to say, I think Steele has a really good argument. It'll be a really interesting vote. Like I, like yeah. Um, I this isn't one of those years where I think there's one guy, especially in the uh -uh. National League, where you go, he has to be the dude, and if he doesn't get it riots will break out i yeah. this is a year where you have i think there's six guys six or seven guys who have legitimate arguments to it like i agree uh, obviously in the american league it's it's cole walking away i think i think he finally yeah, gets yeah. his absolutely um you know in uh i was in the giants game the other day and the giants announcers obviously they're biased but they were making an argument for logan webb who is leading been excellent yeah leading the majors in innings and been excellent the entire time uh, including, I think he's got four complete games uh, this year or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I don't think Logan it's, Webb is the Cy Young. I think he should get down ballot votes, but um, but I can see. I the think argument. he's right there with all these guys. Why not? Three twenty-five, one hundred seven in the most innings, better ERA than everyone else we mentioned besides Snell. Mm -hmm. One hundred seven WHIP is excellent. I think he's got every bit of case. Again, I really think it comes down to the electorate. Uh, old, new, forward-thinking, old head, you know, wins-based type of people. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Because, you know, if you talk about the old heads, 11 and 13 record for Webb, well, that's going to yeah. work against him. It shouldn't, but it will. He, he is um, legitimately the new Matt King. Like, absolutely. Made, like, they I, even look similar. Like, right, it, yeah. They look similar. It's just reincarnation. They, yeah, like, it, it's unreal. Because I mean, Matt, King's Matt King's not, not dead, dead, you know? Yeah, Matt King's so not dead. So you would think it would be difficult to reincarnate someone who's not dead. But the Giants have done it. They, they found made this, him in a lab with Kane's DNA. You know what? I think you're on to something. I, I, I think it has to mm -hmm. be, right? And, I mean, Logan White grew up in this area, so easily could have been, like, a, a Sacramento lab. I've yeah. uncovered it. Mm -hmm. I've uncovered it here, folks. Let's stay out west. Let's go back to Blake Snell's teammate, you Darvish. Pick 64. Um, that did not turn out very well. Mm -hmm. Some injuries. Got a bone spur in his elbow. Not pitching right now. 456 ERA, 130 whip, 25% K rate, 8% walk rate, 8%, 7 8% walk rate. Isn't bad, but it is a big jump from where he's been. He's been living in the 5 6% range the last three years. So that was actually a decent spike this year. Homers went up a bit for the 36-year-old. Going to be 37 next year with you, Darvish. Obviously not going to go in like the top 10 rounds, I don't think, especially as that, that big 37 under his age column is going to start to lower his price. Where are you standing with uh, you, Darvish, right now? Is he somebody that... Uh, 
that you're going to buy back in on at a discount. <laughs> he just signed a new six-year contract. That's so I, ridiculous. I like, can't I, believe that, by the way. Get, get your the, money. I'm all for players the getting their money. And the Padres are now saying like they're going to lower their payroll. Like You could have avoided this payroll issue why give him six years giving a six-year hundred million dollar contract to a 37 year old but i, I, mean, I don't i love darvish i do Absolutely too love but, darvish but i mean why did they do that like i i don't understand how you don't like if you really want him back like you don't think he's Just two years yeah team he, option three years fucking you know 55 million yeah like like i overpay short term but keep the term mm -hmm. light this is yeah, not rocket I, science here. I, don't, I, I play don't. OTP. I know how to be a GM. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> no, you do. Um, like, come on, though. Like that, I'm sorry. At the time, it was jaw-dropping, and it just looks sillier now that this yeah. is happening this year. So, well, I know it's an elbow issue. It is a bone spur issue. It's not like a UCL tendon issue. So I think I'm a little bit more apt to buy low, and I think you're going to be able to buy lower than maybe Agreed. some of these other names, right? Like, I think he's still going to go below Javier. I think he's going to go below Cease. Uh, and so for oh, me... because yeah, the think, age. Yeah, and, and the health history, right? Like, well, yeah, oh, he's, yeah. Got, he's got an elbow issue, and he has, you know, had Tommy John before, and he's had other injury issues before. Uh, I think that's a perfect time to buy low on a guy like Darvish. Uh, and yeah, so, I think yeah. so, too. Where do you think he goes, then? Are we talking teens rounds? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think 13, something like that. 12, 13. And uh, that I would can, be... If he's my fourth SB in round twelve or thirteen, like I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, because a fully healthy Darvish, I think, is still a stud, yeah, an absolute G. Um, there's enough here in the skills, even in the down season, that uh, I can be interested in, even at age thirty-seven. So yeah, I think so too. That uh, if that price starts to linger into the thirteenth to fifteenth round range. I don't see any reason not to take a shot on you, Darvish. So we're in there. Let's go to Hunter Green. Injuries were the big issue here. Pick 92, expected to be one of those big breakout type of guys, and he showed flashes of it for sure. I mean, imagine if they'd have had him all year. You got to think that Cincinnati's probably holding a playoff spot at this point. I will say, even at his current rates, 471 ERA, 139 whip. Those don't knock your socks off. But if he had 157 innings instead of 107, I think even 50 more innings of that would have been useful to them given because of how bad their pitching is and how much they had to dig into the reserves to supplement both he and Lodolo missing so much time. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Um, we only got 107 innings plus whatever he throws this weekend. If he even has another start left, I'm not entirely sure. 31% K rate, 10% walk. 1.6 homer nine in one of the toughest parks to pitch in. That's not going anywhere, I don't think. What do you think of the 24-year-old Hunter Green? Um, there'll be a discount. I don't think it'll be sharp, though. I think he'll still go early 100s. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I, I probably will be out on Hunter Green again. Like, I just don't like bad command guys, especially in a bad ballpark. In that park, park. yeah. And, you know, like, he, and, you know, with a almost 50% fly ball rate. Like, it just... Like that is the Christian Javier recipe, which means you could spike an amazing year. You could also spike a full year of this. And do you want that? I I, I don't. So I, I, I'm, I'd rather be a little bit more risk averse than uh, a guy like Hunter Green. I think they're going to be guys going right around his area. 
um, that are uh, much more intriguing in terms of a safe floor. So I doubt I'll have Hunter Green on any teams. I have a hard time getting there as well, just because I, I think that the downside is just so present in that ballpark. He has a major yeah. home run issue that is not new to this year. Um, mm -hmm. It was persistent last year and the park exacerbates it. I, I love the upside. I think he's somebody who can be dominant. I'm willing to lose on him, right? So if somebody takes him, they spike the big season, I tip my cap and I say, nice job there. You took the risk and, and it paid off. I'm not interested. Last one, Carlos Rodon, pure injury. Went pick 93 this year, but that actually that dipped. If you use its full ADP, it's a bit higher. But as as it was clear that mm -hmm. you know injury was going to be a problem to start the season and whatnot, that's kind of where he landed. I did a um, I did a poll from um, I think later March, uh, so the last handful of main events there uh, to get uh, Carlos Rodon's ADP. Pitching now, you know, finishing the season on the mound, which is something that you and I always talk about is, is a big deal for us. We want to see that guys out there pitching. And he's pitching pretty well down the stretch here. My Tigers ripped him, which is kind of funny, although I think they have historically good success against him from back in his White Sox days. It's just one of those guys that, you know, even as the players change with the Tigers, for some reason, he just can't get my boys out. Um, but all in all, are we back in on Carlos Rodon after seeing what's been going on here down the stretch? Because it will be a discount. I guess the question is, what kind of discount? Yeah, I, and I think that is the real question. Is like, if I'm getting him the fifth round, then I might be interested. If I'm, if I'm getting, you him think he even goes that high? I think, especially so. in the early drafts, I think no way. And not in the early drafts. Yeah, I mean, I think I would be back in on him. Like. Uh, Finishing the year healthy, the skills are still fairly intact. Um, he didn't you know. go in the meatball. Wow, really? Okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Don't forget I'll... now. That might they might have been drafting like right around that Tigers start. And I'm not saying that that directly yeah. influenced it, but like three and two thirds, seven runs. Maybe they're looking like ah, this guy's still broken, and he was because it was it was early September, if I recall correctly, that they did the draft. And, and he was. Uh, I mean, he was really bad for a stretch when he came back to like exactly, and didn't look it, right either. So like, hmm, I don't know. Unless I'll be I'm really missing it, I, I don't. I don't. Think NFBC he drafts are already open, people. You can go draft right now. There's ones filling up as we speak. I'm not going to yet. I'm. I'm going. Greg, to Greg and I are going to do a, a DC. He texted me the other day. You want to do a DC? I'm like, absolutely. All right, well, are you kidding text, me? Text me. Text me the, when you guys sign yeah. up. Let me know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to get in there. You yeah, got to get in so, there. Compete against you and Greg. That'll be fun. So, um, I'll throw it. I'll throw it into the Discord for for our listeners too. Um, that'd, be, that'd be great. So yeah, with Rodon, then if we're talking outside the top one hundred, it sounds like you're pretty in. I think so. If he's outside the top one hundred, I think I am. In. Yeah, I think he will be in the fall and winter for sure. Now he could be a, a definite riser, and I definitely see Rodon as somebody who, if he has a big spring, we're talking top five rounds for sure. Like mm -hmm. he'll be a big elevator once people have some certainty close to the season about him. But the winter drafts, I think that's where you buy. If you love Rodon, you buy your winter stock um, because that's where it's going to be cheapest for sure. Yeah, unless he has it. a big playoff. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> that was Sucky me. Fans. That was me. Don't, 
that, 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 that was deserved. Suck at Yankee fans. Nothing against Rodon. That's purely a dig at Yankees fans. And I'm a Tigers fan, so well, you know my team isn't doing shit either. Whatever. But uh, yeah, I think I can get back in here on Rodon with a discount, and I think the discount will be pretty nice. People will be like, oh, you know what? I believed in the two big years. He's the same old guy, and I'm going to push off of him. No, I still think like he's still risky. He carries the risk 100%. But it, it, there's that price point uh, of like a if it's like a tenth round, I'm doing that all day, even eighth to ninth, uh, eighth to tenth area. Because again, this was a seven round draft. He didn't go in this, so if he's available in that eighth to ninth round consistently in the winter, I can end up looking up and saying, "Man, I got like four shares of Carlos Rodon already," and I'm yeah. fine with it because he's my fourth pitcher, my third or fourth starter. I can live with that, especially yeah. if I draft stability out front. If I'm going Gosman B Woody. Uh, you know, one of those two with, I'll say it again, Nola, um, I'm feeling pretty strong. And then I'm p putting a Rodon risk there uh, to take that shot. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about where he could be. Agreed. All right. Those are the top 100 flops. Uh, some of them were, were leaning off of. Some of them were going for in Dynasty like McClanahan. And others were just drafting at their regular old discount. Uh, and others we have to see what happens, right? Yeah, I, I did mention Nola a bunch, but again, I probably won't be drafting him in the winter drafts because I do want to know what happens with his uh, with his contract situation. He could have a big playoff too, right? He could wait, wash away this four ERA something grub by having a huge playoff and then get people excited that way. And then a playoff tax comes through and then I'm definitely not paying the price. I want the discount if I'm going to do anything with Nola. So, all right, Justin, that's it for us in the regular season here. We will be doing like once a week yeah. uh, during the during the playoffs and whatnot, talking more forward looking stuff. Are you and J Jason getting together? Are you going to be all gaming on Sunday? Yeah, I got to leave early enough uh, to go down and meet up with, uh, you know, Toby and, and Brian Slack and Sandy Reed. Um, and nothing to talk about anyway, really, for you guys. Yeah, like, you know, there's no fab. Thank God, no fab. To, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to tell my wife to come out in my office. You I was going to say, how, how do you get out of the, uh, how do you get out yeah. of hanging out Sunday night now? Yeah. Jen, I, Jen knows. I, I told her last week, it's, uh, it's the last one. And she knew this week I was just on to talk to Greg. I was just the sounding mm -hmm. board for him. I didn't even have a dollar left. So, um, yeah, yeah. I it'll be nice, though. It'll it'll be nice to not have fab. Um, like I said, I am looking forward to the season. Wind it. I can't wait for the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I'm are, still are fully in on baseball. Are you going to do the playoffs? 100%. Playoff I'm going to yeah, be in the, think... the postseason contest. Yeah. Maybe and, we'll talk uh, about that on Monday. That's a great idea. We'll start with that, and then we'll have another forward-looking thing. You got these Yankees on here on our sheet. Maybe we'll talk about the young Yankees and what they could be because looking at that list of players, if a bunch of those guys hit, the Yankees are going to be excellent next year. So yeah. I, I I took a jab at them earlier, but I will say the future could be bright if a couple players really start to click and all of a sudden they're a juggernaut. And then, and I, re I, I really mean, do believe that. I know that the Rays get a lot of talk for being how, for how lucky it was, their, their injury situation and stuff. But the Yankees, like, they were pretty unlucky, too, with all their yeah. injuries. So, like, they easily could be a team that's in the playoffs next year and competitive uh, if they just get better health outcomes, right? Like, and we know that they're going to uh, add players, too, right? Whether it's via yeah. trade or, or free mm -hmm. agency, they're going to bring in guys along with these youngsters that we'll talk about on Monday. So, yeah, they could turn around quickly, and all of a sudden we're talking about a Yankees juggernaut. And in yeah. that division because the Orioles aren't going anywhere the Rays aren't going anywhere the Jays and the Red Sox they could have a really tough battle next year if those three teams are loaded for bear so we'll see how that goes but anyway Justin 
Have a great weekend. Good luck with everything. I'll be sweating with you. And hopefully on Monday, we're talking about some titles for you. Oh, God, please. No more casual weather. No more casual weather. Take care. Take it easy.